Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Thank God, thank God. If you have your Bibles or you want to direct your attention to the screens, I want to read one verse in your hearing. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Amen. And while you're getting ready to look at that, don't forget Tuesday is prayer and fasting day, our weekly prayer and fasting. We fast till 5 p.m. every Tuesday, and we appreciate everybody joining in. Amen. And then also this Thursday night, another good, great Midweek Connect service at 7 p.m. right here in the sanctuary. Praise God. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Thank you, Jesus. I want to preach on the subject, our priceless possession. Our priceless possession. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. You know, other names for earthen vessels are earthenware or jars of clay. You know, these vessels get their name from what they're made out of, the earth, the soil, the clay. The main purpose for these vessels was to be used as containers. They were used to store or transport things like water, grain, uh, or even valuables like treasure. Our text verse figuratively refers to us, us people, as earthen vessels. Amen. And when you really think about it, we are earthen vessels because God made us from the earth. Our bodies came from the earth. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Genesis 3.19, In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and dust you shall return. Since we were formed, From the dust or the soil of this earth, it stands to reason that we would have a lot of similar properties to the earth. Wouldn't you think? You know, I looked at my multivitamin, multimineral, you know, day one a day, you know. It's got like 50 things in there. I take the, you know, 50 plus now because, you know, I'm 50 plus. (laughs) But I'm never going to talk about the plus, but I'm 50 plus. Amen. And, And I read on there that There's calcium, there's potassium, there's magnesium, there's iron, there's zinc, there's manganese, there's selenium, there's chromium, there's copper, and there's iodine. And I read that that's in the dirt too. Amen. All that stuff's in dirt, and all that stuff's in us, and apparently we need to ingest that stuff to keep this dirt going, praise God. Amen. I call ourselves, and we're just glorified mud balls walking around. Amen. That God breathed into us the breath of life, and we became a living soul. Amen. Praise God. In Jeremiah 16, uh, chapter 18, excuse me, God told Jeremiah to go to the potter's house. Amen. 
A potter is the one that works with clay and makes pottery, makes vessels. Amen. And he went to the potter's house. He said, I just want you to watch this guy working on that wheel. Back then, they didn't have electric motors. So this guy's, you know, you know, spinning it with his, you know, kicking the pedal or whatever he's doing. And he's making the pottery. And he, he watches him as he, uh, he makes it. And then he decides there's like a little imperfection in it. And he has to take a hunk out of there and then smash it down and rework it. And he's watching all this stuff. Amen. And then God speaks to him and said in verse number 18, uh, chapter 18, verse 6, he said, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. So we are vessels uh, in God's hands. If we will allow ourselves to be in God's hands, God will mold us and make us and shape us into what he wants us to be. Because he designed us to be a vessel. He designed us to be a container. Amen. He designed us to house a very special commodity. Amen. We are his handiwork. We are his craftsmanship. We are his artistic beauty. We are his magnificent creation. You know, the most valuable vase in the world was made in China back in the 18th century. And uh, it was made for the emperor at the time. And it was auctioned off in 2010 for $83 million. One vase that, you know, and I'm kind of clumsy. I'm, I'm like, I probably would be dusting. I'd break that thing. I'm like, oops, I'll just get another one. $83 million. You're fired. <laughs> and that vase on the screen, $83 million. And you know what? It's an empty vase sitting somewhere, probably in some high security area on a shelf in a glass case or on a pedestal so people can go ooh and aah and take pictures and admire it. Amen. But let me tell you something. Empty vessels may be valuable to man, but not so much to God. Praise God. You know, when I, I think about Solomon's temple. That was the first temple that was built when the, when the uh, nation of Israel was at its greatest. And in Jerusalem, God had Solomon, with the help of David, his father, who had got all the materials together, he built the house of God. It was no longer the tabernacle, the, the portable tent-like structure. But now it was going to be a fixed building, a permanent structure in Jerusalem where God had put his name. It took seven years to build that temple. Over 100,000 workers were used. They used only the best cedar of Lebanon, amen, for the timbers and for the wood, amen, and only the best stone from the stone quarries. They were all pre-cut, amen to fit perfectly amen just the gold and the silver alone in today's value would be billions of dollars in just materials the, the walls were covered with gold the floor was covered with gold and even the nails were made out of gold amen and that thing was a beautiful thing it would take tens of billions of dollars to recreate it in today's money Amen. But let me tell you something. On the day they went to dedicate that temple, that temple was nothing as it sat empty. Praise God. As, as beautiful as it was, as majestic as it was, it was an empty vessel until they took the old Ark of the Covenant, which was symbolic of the presence of God, and they put that Ark inside the Holy of Holies. 
Amen. And when they put that old ark in that new temple, the Bible said the presence of God came into that place to the, to the extent and to the magnitude that the priests could no longer minister. It was like a cloud of glory that came in. The presence of, the God, of God, the priceless possession, the treasure came in. Amen. And what came in with that old ark was the priceless thing and not the thing that housed it. Amen. This church building, it's an old building, but we've done a lot of fixing up, and it's beautiful. And with all of your help and prayers over the years, we've been able to improve it, and it's beautiful, and we're so happy for it. Amen. But until the presence of God is in here, this building is nothing. Praise God. Until you come in here and bring God's presence, this building is nothing. I don't want an empty building that looks pretty. I want the power of God to be manifest. We need the treasure in the house of God to be manifest. Amen. Praise God. This isn't my house. Amen. This is God's house. Praise God. Amen. And we want God to have his way every time we gather together in God's house. And we want his presence to be able to move freely in his house. Praise God. Amen. Psalms 139 verse 14. I will praise thee for I am fearfully and you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Every human being was fearfully and wonderfully made. But it's important to understand that God designed us to be containers. Amen. Our purpose was to contain a treasure from another world. We are fearfully and wonderfully made for a specific purpose. Purpose, which is to contain that greatest treasure of all. Amen. People, you know, you look at people, so many people are unhappy. So many people are unsatisfied because they either allow this container to remain empty or they are putting things inside this container that were never designed to be in there and they're sloppy substitutes. Amen. Sorry. Excuses for what God really wants it to be. Amen. Which is His presence living inside the container. Praise God. Until we put God's treasure in the vessel, we are not complete. We are not whole. We have not fulfilled our purpose in life. This treasure is to be desired and sought after above all others. And when we find it, we need to do whatever it takes to make it our own and put it in our vessel and protect it. Praise God. I read in Matthew chapter 13. Jesus said some parables. He's trying to explain, amen, the kingdom of God. He's trying to explain this wonderful experience that he has for us. And he said in verse 44 of chapter 13, in Matthew again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hidden in a field, the which when a man hath found, he, uh, he hideth, and for joy thereof goes and sells all that he has and buys that field so he can have the treasure. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he has found the one pearl of great price, the treasure above all treasures, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Amen. Why is this treasure so important to us? It's the treasure that transforms the vessel. It's the treasure 
that transforms the vessel. It's the treasure that brings value to the vessel. It's the treasure that brings purpose to the vessel. The vessel must be properly prepared and cleansed before you can put the treasure inside. Amen. I don't know about you, but, you know, my wife wouldn't let me put some good old yummy leftovers in some dirty Tupperware. You're not putting that in there, right? Uh, I guess not. <laughs> no, I would never do that. But, you know, you don't put good stuff in, like, where's that Tupperware been? Well, you know, we've been using it, and we washed it, you know, last Christmas, you know, or whatever. Once a year, we wash it whether it needs it or not, you know. No. Amen. You clean something out because what you're going to put in there, amen, has got to stay safe. Got to be protected. Amen. Got to last. Praise God. And so the vessel that we have, it must be prepared and cleansed. Amen. Properly for the treasure to be placed inside. This very special and priceless treasure, of course, that I'm referring to, the treasure, amen, in the earthen vessel is none other than the baptism of the Holy Spirit that God has promised to every human being that wants it. Amen. Amen. And that desires it. It's a promise of the Father. It's a gift of the Holy Ghost. It's a process of being endued with power from on high. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Amen. That's what I'm talking about, our priceless possession. Amen. And before we can receive and house this treasure, we must prepare and cleanse this vessel. You know, I'm reminded of Jesus. He told so many parables and stories to help us understand what was going on. And he told one, amen, about new wine and old wineskins. Amen. And uh, they, they would put uh, wine uh, in old wineskins and new, uh, new wine and old wineskins and new wine and new wineskins. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't work out. And the reason he was trying to get, us, get across the point, he said, you don't put new wine in old wineskins. And the wineskins, as you can see on the screen, they were made out of, a, out of you know, animal skin, leather, amen, and sewn into. They didn't really have you know, nice canteens. They didn't have like a big five or Dick's Sporting Goods or somewhere you can go down and, you know, Kmart, Walmart and buy, you know, a canteen. They had to make it. And they had these wineskins. They also put water in them sometimes or whatever. But he said you can't put new wine into old wineskins because when you do that, the old wine, the, the new wine, it, it starts moving around in there. Amen. It starts fermenting in there and it will break the wineskin because the old wineskin is brittle. It's old. It can't handle Amen. That new wine. And, and, and he, what he's trying to tell us is, see, new wine is symbolic of the Spirit of God. And the wineskin is symbolic of the vessel of us. Amen. And before we can have the new wine come into the wineskin, we need the wineskin to be renewed and refreshed and reconditioned. Praise God. So that it can handle the new wine. Praise the Lord. Amen. And that's why the Bible says the first thing that we need to do 
when we are in our journey to find God, after we have faith in Him, after we believe that there's a God, and we believe that we need to get on His team and on His side of things, and we need to make peace with our Maker. Amen. After we do that, the first thing we do is repent of our sins. We ask God to forgive us. Amen. Amen. And we come to God and ask Him to help us change our direction in life. Amen. And that's the first thing. And this begins the cleansing process. This begins the, the re, uh, you know, conditioning process of the vessel. Praise God. And then we're water baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of our washing away and forgiveness of our sins. Amen. And now we got a nice vessel, emptied out, out with the old, in with the new, out with the junk, in with the treasure. Amen. Put all the junk on the yard sale. Let's get the treasure. Praise God. This begins the cleansing process. This com completes the cleansing process. Amen. And when, then when we go on to receive the treasure of the Spirit of God in our lives, then the vessel is transformed into not just any vessel, but the Bible calls it the temple of God now. We're, uh, we are a vessel, but we are the temple of God. Just like it, because God really, he didn't want to live in a tent in the wilderness. He did it because that was the plan for the time. He didn't want to live in the temple in Jerusalem. Amen. But he did it because that was the plan for the time. He didn't want to live, amen, in some stone cold building. He wanted to live in the warm hearts, amen, of the people that he created. Amen. He wanted to put the treasure in the vessels. Praise God. Praise God. We become the temple of God once we receive that treasure. 2 Corinthians 6.16, you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. 1 Corinthians 3.16, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? When you have the Spirit of God, we're the temple. 1 Corinthians 6.19, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you're not your own? For you are bought with a price, the price of the precious blood. He died on the cross. He paid the price. He said it is finished. Amen. You're bought with a price. And because of that, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Amen. We become God's chosen. We become God's special possession when we, amen, are born again of water and spirit. And once we have this treasure in earthen vessels, the treasure should be our focus. The treasure should be our priority and not the vessel. The vessel is the container. And amen. And we do have to you know, be concerned about the vessel to a point, but we cannot take the priority off the treasure, amen, to put it on the vessel. Because our text verse says that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Amen. It's not the vessel. That's why he said, therefore, no flesh should glory in his presence. The glory is the treasure. The glory is what he put inside of us. 
I don't want to be that, that one special vase that's 83 million. I, I just want to be somebody, amen, an ordinary person that's made extraordinary because of the treasure that I house inside of my heart. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. And it is this treasure, that uh, precious treasure that we look to and depend on from now on once we receive it. It's this wonderful treasure that we give all the credit to and all the glory, amen, for all the good that happens to us from that point on, amen, because there's no accidents with God and, and the steps of a good person are order of the Lord. And when you have the treasure in your heart, it will guide you into all truth. Yes, amen. So... It's all Jesus, Brother Arnold. Amen. We like to say that a lot. It's all Jesus. Yes, it is. Amen. Praise God. It's all Jesus. It's by the grace of God. By the grace of God, I am what I am. We are what we are. Hallelujah. It's his blood, his name, his spirit, his righteousness we stand on and we trust in. But having said all that, it is up to us to maintain our vessel and to keep it clean and keep it in good shape and good working order as much as we can. Amen. So that we can continue to have the privilege and honor of housing this wonderful treasure from God. And in turn, that treasure will continue to do its wonderful work in us and through us. 1 Thessalonians 4.4 4, That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. See, that's our part. God puts the treasure in. We got the treasure. We got the vessel all cleaned out when we repented and were baptized. He filled us with his spirit after that. Amen. Hallelujah. And then we walk with God and then we try to keep his commandments and do those things which are pleasing in his sight. Amen. And keep our vessel sanctified and in and, 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 uh, and honor. Praise God. So that he, he will continue. Amen. To allow that wonderful treasure to live inside of us. Praise God. Second Timothy chapter two, verse number 20 says, but in a great house, there's not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some to honor and some to dishonor. There's some honorable vessels walking around. There's some dishonorable vessels walking around. We know in this world, not everybody's honorable. We know that. But he said, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, in other words, if we try to keep ourselves from the dishonorable and we try, amen, not to allow the dishonorable to affect us and affect our walk with him, amen, it, we, he, that person will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master prepared for every good work. So if we allow it to, the treasure inside of us will greatly help us to be holy unto the Lord. What is holiness? It's simply divine as walking close to God, amen, and in the purity of his light. That's what holiness is in, in a nutshell, amen. It's walking closer to God, amen, than the other stuff. It's walking, getting away from the dishonorable, getting away from the darkness, and walking in the light as he is in the light and closer to him, amen. And really, you can't be holy until you have the treasure, because the treasure is what makes you holy. The Holy Spirit, amen, is what really makes you holy, praise God. And that is, we give him all the praise and the credit for that. That, praise God. 
Now, another important aspect of maintaining our vessels is taking care of our body. I know we don't always like to do that. Amen. Because exercise is sweaty and hard and you're out of breath. Amen. And eating right is sometimes boring. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. And so those are some things. And, you know, some people just don't want to, you know, sleep like they should. You know, they want to be up doing this and that and not taking care of themselves. But you know what? If we allow ourselves to get run down and fall apart, we're not going to be a good witness. We're not going to be a good example of the temple of God. See, we are a witness of God's glory. We are a witness of his, his, his power, amen, and his renewing and regeneration power, amen. And we want to be a good billboard for God and say, look at us and say, hey, amen. They, they, they got something different about them. Praise God. God is our healer. There's no doubt about it. I believe in divine healing. I believe he can make the impossible possible. I believe he can do anything anytime he wants. He made us. He can fix us. He made the vessel. He can fix the vessel. Anytime God's our healer. But I believe it's our responsibility to oversee and manage our health on a day-to-day -day basis. Come on now. You know, we need good rest. That's in our control. We need a good diet. And, you know, let's be, uh, I'm just telling you that as a fact. I'm not telling you that as one that's been, you know, the, the, the cheerleader for the great diet and, and a great example of a great diet. I'm better than I was. Amen. But we need a good diet, right? And that's in our control. We need to exercise, and that's in our control. We can at least do some walking or something, even if we can't, you know, do something. Or we can, you know, sit in a chair and move, move, you know, just move. We need activities to keep us busy and stimulate our minds. That, that's in our control. Amen? Amen? You know, I read about Elijah. After he went up on the mount... Uh, Mount Carmel and they had the big uh, face off with all the prophets of Baal and uh, and the people really needed to know who you know who was really you know who was going to serve who and, and and Elijah said look you know you guys got to decide you're going to serve Baal or you're going to serve Jehovah God and then there was a big showdown and all these 800 prophets of Baal against one prophet of Elijah and Elijah he said the God that answers by fire wins and Elijah's God amen the true God answered by fire the prophets of Baal were dispensed with and the people began to move back to to God well, Queen Jezebel, when her husband Ahab, amen, came home, told, told her what happened, and she sent a little messenger to Elijah and said, I'm going to do to you what you did to my prophets of Baal by tomorrow this time. Well, he got a little bit scared, a little bit afraid, amen, and even though he had a great, you say, well, how, well, how did he do that? He had a great victory on the mountain. Was well, just like us. Elijah was a, a man of like passions like us. We can have a great day in church on Sunday, and all of a sudden, Monday, we forgot all what happened yesterday at church. And Monday's like, whoa, blue Monday. I can't even believe I don't know what's going to happen. Oh, you know, like, like, hey, did you forget there's a God? Did you forget you had a great time on Sunday? Did you, get, did you forget that the God of Sunday is the God of Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday also? Hallelujah. Praise God. 
So Elijah went on the run and he ran and he ran and he went days and journey went to the wilderness and he fell asleep under a juniper tree. Amen. And an angel came. And you know what? God didn't give him a big preaching message. God didn't rebuke him for running and for being scared and being scared of Jezebel and all that stuff. You know, you know what God said? You know what this guy needs? Now, it's not in the Bible, but this is what I'm thinking. God said, this guy needs some sleep and a good meal or two. Because you know what? If you don't have good sleep and good food, I don't care how much faith you have. I don't care how much this or that you have. Amen. You're going to be affected and you're not going to be uh, up to par and 100%. You don't sleep good. You start, you know, you know, just getting exhausted. You start, your emotions are all out of whack. Amen. And so what happened? He, he, the angel tapped him on the shoulder. Hey, he wanted to wake you up. I got a little, you know, food on the fire for you. Here's some water, you know. All right, and now go back to sleep. Okay, you know, maybe rubbed his shoulder or something. Got him back to sleep. He went back to sleep. Amen. He woke him up again. Got him another meal. He goes, here's another meal because you're going to need this because the next 40 days is going to be a whirlwind for you. God's got a lot of plans for you. But you know what? God shows you, amen, that rest and good food is important. Amen. It's not just all about faith and spirituality. That's important. But we got to take care of ourselves too. Our rest is so important to God that he set it in stone as one of the Ten Commandments. The, the Sabbath day. He spent more time talking about that fourth commandment of the Sabbath day than any other of the nine commandments. Amen. And you know what? I'm telling you, I told you that I'm not the poster boy for, for good diets and exercise. That's, uh, that's, that's for sure. I still am not. But you know what? About two and a half years ago, I went from my physical to the doctor and uh, I, uh, the doctor said, you're overweight, you're borderline diabetic, your, your high borderline high cholesterol and your borderline high blood pressure. And if you don't want me to put you on a bunch of pills, amen, pretty soon you better do something about it. Amen. And uh, it just scared me to death. I, I was always borderline on a lot of stuff, but I guess I just got scared that time. Especially when he said, you know, uh, about the sugar, because I've never had a problem with sugar. And, but you add that to all those other things. Amen. I said, give me some time, Doc. Amen. And so we made a little plan. I lost 30 pounds. I've kept the 30 pounds off for the last two and a half years. Amen. I went back in and he was impressed. I got all my levels down. Here's the point. I could have just said when he, when he told me all that, I could have went home and went on a two or three day fast and said, God, I pray you heal my diabetes and heal my pre-diabetes and pre-blood, high blood pressure and my cholesterol. And God, just let the pounds melt off for me in this prayer well fasting will help you get the pounds off but you know what it's not going to work that way i can't faith my way into doing something that god says hey you know what i'll need your help on that because you can do that yourself i need you to work with me praise god it's your you're the vessel i'm the treasure i'll help you when it gets impossible i'll help you when you can't help yourself but you got to do what you can do Amen. Let's stand. Praise God. The treasure is perfect and has absolutely no limitations. It's the earthen vessel that can limit the effectiveness of the treasure. That's why we need to keep our vessel. We need to do our part. And if you already possess this treasure, Make sure it's in the center 
and focal point of your life. Make sure it is and always will be the most important thing you possess. Put it in first place and make it your first love. But if you do not have this treasure yet, you have not been filled with the Spirit of God yet, I want to encourage you, amen, like the person seeking for treasure, the person seeking, the merchant man with the pearl of great price, seek after this treasure, amen, hallelujah, until you find it and let it become of your possession in your heart, hallelujah. We already talked a little bit about it, but the formula in one verse, amen, to get where you need to go in what I'm talking about is found in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 38, amen. Peter answered a question after he preached the first sermon when the church began back in the Old, in the New Testament. He, he was asked a question. They, they, these people were very convicted in their hearts after what they had done and where they saw themselves going. And they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter answered and said unto them in verse 38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You shall receive the treasure in the earthen vessel. Oh, hallelujah. God, praise God, praise God. Amen. I'm talking about the our most priceless possession. Thank you, Lord. It's not a nice vase. It's not a nice, I mean, we, we can have nice things, and that's good. There's nothing wrong with that, but our most priceless possession. He was a spirit of God that interacts with that soul that's eternal inside of us, and, and, and it keeps it going in the right direction. Praise God. Praise God. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast. And may God bless you.